Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Susan DeCenzi. In today's episode, we're going to really get into the meat of something called spiritual bypassing. And it's super, super important to understand because the whole show is about how we are human beings having this spiritual experience and the spiritual being having a human experience. And yet, with the advent of so many people over the last probably 20, 30 years really diving into spirituality, it has gotten so convoluted. So I have a very special guest in the house today. Her name is Bernadette Gold. And I'd love to tell you a little bit about her before we dive right in. Bernadette is an author, a no-nonsense clairvoyant medium. She facilitates rapid breakthroughs that create insights, leading to quantum leaps in health and happiness and prosperity. Now, since 2000, she's run a very successful practice using her skills as a spiritual teacher, a master healer, and conscious leader and coach. And she guides tens of thousands of successful high achievers to their highest path and purpose while connected to spirit. How cool is that? She is also a facilitator of group coaching programs where she really helps clients clear those old wounds, beliefs, and traumas, help them to create really those new energetic paradigms that lead to elevated income, increasing their impact on the world and their own personal fulfillment in all areas of their life. And I wanted to bring her on to talk about spiritual bypassing. That's only one of her expertises, because as we were having a conversation one day, it became clear that when we spiritually bypass, it can be very dangerous. So listen in as Bernadette and I go deep into spiritual bypassing, but in a still fun and like, holy shit kind of way. Like, I didn't know that. I learned something new, and I hope you do too. Enjoy the show. So as you've heard about the lovely Bernadette Gold from the intro, I want to welcome you now into the house, Bernadette. Thank you so much for being here today to talk about one of my favorite topics, spiritual bypassing. Thank you for having me. It is one of my favorite topics too, and needed right now. It is so needed. So let's kind of jump right into, for those that don't know, what do you consider to be spiritual bypassing? There's a lot of different aspects and they're subtle to spiritual bypassing, but some of the more obvious things that I've seen happening in the spiritual communities or metaphysical communities is this toxic positivity, you know, like, oh, you gotta be happy all the time. And if you want to manifest this or that, just be happy. That's not realistic, nor is it the way we're supposed to live. Right. And the whole idea of not just be happy and, oh, you know, I, well, I'll back up. I do believe that there is, which can be part of spiritual bypassing, which I know we'll get into, there can be that element of, well, there's a lesson and a gift in everything. And while I do believe that that is true, that it is always a a gift in a mirror for us, I believe we can go down that very 
spiritual bypassing unhealthy route to it also it is to me it's also that whole idea that you have to look a, a certain way or act a certain way right the whole or talk a certain way yes right Ooh. oh you can never say shit oh my god because you're that's a low vibe word or you have to have your hands in a, a, a namaste position and, you know, sit in the lotus position and always talk with a very soft voice. So I don't know, where do you want to start? Because oh my tox- God, I know, right? Well, and so toxic positivity is one of the, one of the sort of obvious things, right? Which I, I feel like it derails people when they're just coming through their spiritual awakening, because a spiritual awakening is usually precipitated by a major crisis in life, either a death, a divorce, a loss of some sort. Then Mm -hmm. we enter into what people call the dark night of the soul, right? That's not a happy place, right? But it's necessary, right? All and (laughs) all (laughs) change and growth happens when we're not comfortable. Yes. When we're not happy. Oh my God. I have said that so many times on this show. Like you don't change when you're comfortable. If I'm comfortable in my chair, why am I going to shift? It's only when I feel pain or uncomfortability, I'm going to shift in my chair to get more comfortable. Well, if we're doing that in our life and we're just always striving for comfort, right? I don't ever want to be uncomfortable. Oh my God then I'm going to potentially fall down that rabbit hole of toxic positivity and not ever really address the issues and look in the mirror. Right. And you're not, you're not addressing self. Yeah. You're shutting certain parts of self down. So the, the thing that I really like to focus on of how to get away from that is understanding what spiritual intelligence is, right. You have the, the IQ, how we make rational analytical decisions and how we process. Then you have the EQ, the emotional intelligence in the center of that and how we connect to spirit to begin with and our higher self, which is what we're all on this path to do is spiritual intelligence or SQ. So in the spiritual communities, a, a lot of the bypassing happens when people are in the EQ mostly. Okay. Right. Not even a high level of EQ. They're, they're just, I'm going to force my feelings into this place, shutting uh, down the IQ, shutting mm-hmm. down the rational aspect. Well, in order to have coherence, we need SQ. SQ brings coherence. All right. So let's unpack that more, <laughs> right? Because, uh, you know, I want, I want everybody to really understand those differences because other, because how many times have you seen in your work? which, you know, we'll get into a little bit more of your story again and how kind of you got here um, to this place, what it is that they really don't don't see those differences. And if I'm babbling in this moment, it's because all of a sudden my brain went mush and I kind of forgot where I was. But that's the benefit of this show and why we keep it real here is because this is a reality, right? We're recording right now. I, uh, what I'm supposed to be the host and on target and really kind of structured. And I just love Bernadette when I'm talking to you all now. And we have this amazing conversation. I'm like, Oh my God, I want to have you on the show. And we're going to talk about the spiritual bypassing. And as she's talking just now, and I'm really present, I'm listening. And all of a sudden 
a little blip in my mind and my brain happened and I'm like, wait, <laughs> what the hell were we just talking about? I know we were talking about this. Which I don't doubt is going to happen for some of the listeners. Yeah. Why? Because the ego is like, no, don't hear that part. <laughs> right. Don't hear that part. What wait, spiritual intelligence? No, you don't need that part. Yeah. You know, most people um, and society, humanity, I was just writing a blog about this humanity. If you look at where we're at now and why it's coming in, millennials are bringing in spiritual intelligence. They don't even know they're doing it. Nice. It's the, it's the repackaging and reprioritizing of values because spiritual intelligence is driven by values mm. and it's not profit first values. What we've been living under is void of the spiritual intelligence. We've been living profit first. Look at the planet, profit, greed, you know, it doesn't matter who it hurts. And and from our analytical processing without emotions, without empathy, without compassion, without any sense of consciousness or conscience, we live from the intellect. We we live from the IQ. We strive to be the smartest and, you know, look a certain way. And how's it look externally? So to me, the IQ is always like that external ego driven place. Not that it's bad. We have to use our intellect. We have to. But then you have the other side of of the current, I guess, quandary we're in (laughs) with bypassing. And it's like, well, how do I feel? I hear all of these you can call them spiritual teachers. They call themselves spiritual teachers talking about, you know, if it doesn't feel good, just let it go. Oh God. Oh, if, it, if, if, if it's not at your frequency, your emotional frequency, uh, let it go. Uh, well, now you're setting yourself up to be isolated. Yeah. And it's dangerous. That's a very dangerous place to go because, oh, if I'm not happy, I can't do it. Really? I don't know how many times I've gotten a tax bill and I'm not happy about it that I still have to pay that tax bill because, you know, I want to, I want to be following the rules. Same with, I don't always like to cook food or do the dishes, but I need to eat. Right. Right. So the, the, that is not using your intelligence when you're like, if it doesn't feel good, just let it go. If that person's not feeling good, let them go. Great. Now you're isolated. And now you're open to attack. So that's the biggest danger, I think, of bypassing on top of you're not allowing yourself to be human. Right. I, and I 100% agree because I, I believe I know what I've seen through my career is people come to me as this licensed therapist, right? Because I have that therapist title. They come to me because they're like, oh, I'm broken. You need to fix me. And it's like, well, first of all, you're not broken. Second, I have this challenge, problem, uncomfortability, pain, emotional, whatever situation, and I don't know how to handle it. Okay, great. So then, oh, it's just about feeling good. No, it's about addressing why you don't feel good in the first place, what's going on within you. And that governs the intellect, the spiritual and the emotional quotient values, like you said, but it's, it really is coming back down to your values. What meanings does it have for you? What definition are you deciding without getting caught in all of those spiritual teachers? That's why, you know, I, I've, I've even doubted when people have said, you should call yourself, you know, title wise, right. You know, also like spiritual teacher or healer, 
I'm like, to me, that's there's bypassing pieces in that too, because it's like, I'm not healing anybody and I'm not teaching. I'm sharing where I'm at in my humanness and my spiritual path of evolution. And maybe together we can evolve and, and support and uplift and mirror for one another. Right. So I see it that same way. And that's why I I'm so excited to talk about this topic with you because now this is part of your kind of life's work, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're going to dive way more into a lot more of this too, but this is a great place to kind of share then whatever you're willing to on how your journey has been and how it led you to this place right now. My journey has not been easy. And, and I think probably one of the reasons that I want to get to the heart of this whole toxic positivity and, and very misleading teaching about spirituality that's not spirituality. Yeah. That's still a feeling place. So I was born with my intuitive gifts wide open and people think, Oh, you're psychic. Yeah, I am. And they think it was easy. Well, I was born in the sixties. That was not accepted in the church. I had to go through massive rejection and learn how to hide my gifts. Mm until I became an adult and still within the church and within society in the eighties, still wasn't widely accepted. It's only been the last 15, maybe 20 years. I mean, I've been doing this for 21 years now. And even in some circles, it's still because of a lot of misinformation looked upon as something on the fringe. Yeah. But let me clarify Because one of the things I've discovered as I was writing my book and finished it was a lot of why I think my gifts were wide open and stayed wide open. It was an inner child strategy of survival. I needed to know 10 steps ahead how my mother, who was a narcissist, was going to be when she came home to survive. I needed to know who the dangerous adults were who weren't protecting us so that I could get myself out of the way. And it served me well. Right. And I want, I would love to add to that to show contrast is that my gifts stayed wide open and I was well aware of them since four, but like you use them as a way to be protective. I use them as a way to be protective, but in a more positive way, right? It was the thing that kept me from going down like the super, super destructive paths because I had the positive childhood. I had the good family. I didn't have to be 10 steps ahead like you did in that way, but because of the assaults and I couldn't reconcile what was happening in the world around me and to me, my gifts and my awareness was like my, my protective savior, right? Not a savior, but it was my protective measure to, Mm -hmm keep holding on to saying, okay, what's happening out here is real, but it's not going to destroy and define me because there's more. So I I wanted to point that out because it's not an either or, right? It's not an all or nothing. It's an and. You experienced it this way, but I experienced it another way. And therefore, the listeners can experience it in a myriad of different ways. And we can all take the same thing from it that it stayed open. Okay. So please. Well, and I did have that, that did save me 
yeah. there was that positive aspect of these were my friends. Yeah. Angels and spirits were my friends. They were my protectors. They were my teachers. They were my guides. Yeah. So that's what kept me going at five years old. I asked to be made blind. Wow. A, a fact I forgot until I was 16 and was told by the eye doctor, if her vision doesn't straighten out by the time she's 18, she will be blind or it will level out. Well, what then I got the vision of being five and saying, I don't want to see the ugliness anymore. I don't want to look at it because I recognize, like I I'd have to see the way people talked. It was one thing to feel it to me, but to actually see it always confirmed it. And I want to look at it. And my vision declined. I'm literally legally blind without contacts or glasses. I have very, very poor vision. But then at 16, when I remembered that sitting in the eye doctor, because I was like, blind, no, I'm getting my driver's license. (laughs) I asked not for my vision to be restored, but that it's declining stopped and it did. And my vision's been the same since. Wow. Powerful, but powerful. That's, you know, it was those things that yes, I was very connected to spirit and it saved me like you. I just didn't have the support from my family in developing it in a way of usefulness. I had to do that on my own, but I had great spiritual teachers in the subtle realms that walked with me. Right. Like real spiritual teachers who were in the spirit world. Yeah. So how did it then from that point forward, like from 16, and you had this awareness and this conscious decision-making opportunity to say, please stop the decline. Right. And it did. How, how did that lead you down into where you are now? Because as I, as I said, in the beginning of the show, um, you know, Bernadette is also the host of her own show called, um, I don't know why I'm blanking on that. Intuitive Intelligence. intelligence. I always want to do the intelligence first. I don't know why. Intuitive Intelligence. And I love that because as you've been talking about like the spiritual intelligence and the emotional intelligence and, you know, our, um, I guess I'll say psychological intelligence, what we call IQ, but here you have the intuitive intelligence, right? So how did, from that point forward at 16 then, what kind of continued on the path for you that led you to where hosting the show and doing the work you're doing? Um, So it's been a, a continued series of trauma, healing, growth, trauma, healing, growth. That's been my, my life and, and a ton of study, but because life wasn't easy and it wasn't comfortable, I always studied the religion did not tell me what I wanted to know. And I wasn't allowed to ask questions. Every time I asked questions, they'd say, you don't need to know that, but I do. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Did you always have that innate? Like you just, you just knew you had to know. Curiosity is one of the hallmarks of a true spiritual seeker. You have to be curious and it's part of our spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence asks questions like why? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I'm 57 years old and a better part of my whole life, a majority of the people around me are like, you ask too many questions. Why do you always want to know the why? And I'm like, 
I don't want to know the why the way you view the why, because you're viewing the why through a lens of like blame or shame or guilt or, you know, to assuage some kind of something internally. I'm asking a why because I fucking know there's way more out here (laughs) than what we understand. And nobody's well, in my limited experience, right, growing up, I didn't find people asking those questions. So I, I was like, well, doesn't everybody have this curiosity? I don't get it. Well, and it's the why behind the meaning. Why is this here? Yeah. And then it's the what if, which yeah. then brings expansion. So true spiritual seekers and, and those who have spiritual intelligence or SQ, we ask why all the time. Why? Why do I want to do this? Why do I feel that? Why are you doing this? Why is that stuck that way? What if we did this instead? And it is the combination. It brings coherence to our rational mind and our emotions and how we feel. It's the center point or what Buddhism calls the way or Taoism, right? right? The Tao, it's the center point. And that's that place. And there was a book written. I don't know who the author was and I never read it, um, but I was reading an article about it that said they did some scientific research and, and they noted the center part of the brain called the God spot. They labeled it the God spot that lights up when you have a spiritual experience, when your intuition, when your imagination, when your creativity, when you, you, you get any kind of even hallucination from like I don't know, ayahuasca, something like that, which that's a whole other topic that that's a spiritual bypass. Anywho, don't get me started. That God spot lights up. And where is it? It's in the very center of the brain. So it's the unifying principle of how we process. I cannot thank you enough for sharing what you've just shared because while I didn't personally, need it myself because I've just always, not always, and not just, I have trusted and learned to trust when I wasn't trusting or learn to not trust and find a way to trust and heal into trusting. I I didn't need it. And at the same time, you saying that just now, I found a release happening, just a subtle little piece that just kind of went, ah, Because I think and feel there was a part of my own beingness that may have questioned, right, my own kind of spiritual seekingness, my own existence in that spiritual seeking through my life, because I had so many others on externally saying, oh, well, you know, you're asking too many questions, or like I said before, and you've just allowed me to give myself permission to say, you know what? I, I see, I could trust everything my whole life, right? You know, and even when I didn't trust, here's a beautiful example of how I could. And I think it's so critical because I've heard of that book before or the research, The God Spot. I've heard that before. And for you listening, I will find out if I can get the name of that book or find out what Bernadette's talking about, where it came from, and I'll put it in the show notes. I clearly don't have it right now, and I'm not going to take it. And the I haven't time. read it. So I can't, I can't verify it's a good book. It's just, I was reading an article about the research done. And for me too, it did the same thing where it was like, light it up. Okay. Now we have the spiritual back or the scientific backing Backing. for the spiritual, which I'm always in, in research mode on when is science going to catch up? 
Yeah. When is the rational side of the world right. going to catch up? Now, Kabbalah has taught this stuff for a, a long time, Buddhism, all of it, but Kabbalah in, in the last two books of the Zohar speak very much about that spiritual center within the body and the brain. Yeah. You know? and, and there's so much in the spiritual communities that they just focus on balance your chakra. Again, bypassing. Let's just fix the energy centers. Let's just, let's just meditate for six hours a day, you know, <laughs> and, and pitch out and not be present in our lives. That's not coherence. That's not a unifying, meaningful life. Yeah. So as you were kind of moving along in your trauma and healing and growth, did you find there were lots of times where you doubted kind of your own your own sense of self, of course. I mean, I mean that's a human that's a, a human given. But what I mean is, kind of your whole your gifts, your whole spiritual to this day. Thank you, because to I, this day, I, I yes. mean, people people are like, oh, but you're such a great, you know, intuitive. It doesn't matter yeah. because it's not tangible, right? Right, you can't prove it. Your ego can come in and create those doubts and create you know, this, this question, is this real? Is this not real? What is real? You know, it can take you down that path of, of confusion. But the one thing I know that I know confusion is not with God period. That's why I'm so like into this conversation. I was so glad you wanted to talk about this because there's so much BS out there and there's a languaging that's wrapped around it within the spiritual and metaphysical communities that make it look, you know, they call it woo woo. Well, that part of it is, but there's a whole other part of it and community that actually aren't. We're actually intelligent people. We have healthy emotions. We know how to manage our emotions and then we know how to bring them to center. And that's the, that's the evolutionary path we're on to bring that into life, to bring it into government, to bring it into to capitalism, you know, to, to develop a system based on spiritual capital will change the world. Yeah. But first we have to get beyond all of these distractions that are like, oh, just feel positive. Right. And, and like you said, meditate six hours a day. Oh, that's, you don't meditate at all. You need to meditate every day. Well, I don't really like meditating. My mind doesn't seem to quiet and quell itself for me to achieve any result or benefit. Oh, well, you need to this or you need, or you should. Yeah. In comes the judgment, right? Oh my God. The shoulds, the needs, the betters, the, the uh, it, it makes me insane because the whole idea behind starting this show was exactly what we're talking about today is you are a real human being in a form. And while you may be this spiritual being having these human experiences, you are also this human being having spiritual experiences on whatever evolutionary part of your path you're on. And if you keep sitting in this place of listening to all this stuff out there that says, this one says you should do it this way, but then somebody else pops up and says, no, don't do it that way. Do it this way. No wonder it's freaking overwhelming and confusing for everybody. So then what do you think happens with people like that when they get caught in a lot of this kind of spiritual bypassing bullshit that, that they really believe that that is the way, 
what do you think kind of, or what have you seen, right? Now, what do you think, but what have you seen in your work kind of happens with them over time? Well, they become, they become lost in the illusion or delusion. Yeah. You know, they can't function um, in a healthy way in society, in, in work, right. Or it, within their relationships and everything becomes very one-sided and anytime you have something like that off balance, it becomes detrimental. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, I'm not saying that, that certain practices are wrong. What I'm saying is anything to the extreme is not healthy. Everything in moderation, everything in moderation, including how you, you walk your path of spirituality, you know, as a, as a spiritual person and seeker, being a mother was one of the hardest experiences of my life. And thank God my girls grew up and, you know, graduated into adulthood. But even that is a ridiculous thing. Well, you got to be happy all the time. No, there were times when I wanted to kill my children. There were times I questioned, like, are we going to get you to 18 without someone dying? Yes, thank you. I'm like, I'm telling you, okay, I'm addressing y'all as the audience now. You can't see Bernadette right now and, and, and you can't see my face, but I'm telling you, I feel like I met this twin who we were hanging out in the ethers and we're like, Hey, let's, let's go down in these bodies for a bunch of years and just like, you know, have some experiences and learn some stuff. And then we'll come back together and we'll just kind of reconnect and say, Hey, how's it been for you? Because I, you know, I have shared that a little bit before because I felt the same way when I became a mom, there were times I literally wanted to pick my kid up and throw him across the room. Now, would I ever, of course not. Did I, of course not because the love and the compassion that I had for him and the awareness. And I will say this, the awareness I had of that deeper core of us, of the, our infinite spiritual nature is what honestly stopped me from allowing myself to get caught in that human stuff in the moment, the deep frustration and the anger and the whatever. And yet I still honored the fact that I felt that way and I didn't judge it, but you know how rare that is, right? Bernadette for oh, people yeah. to admit that. So thank you again. You should read the stories in my book because I shared things that, yeah. you know, people look at me and they think, you know, you, you, you're so developed and, and blah, blah. Okay. Well, in my book, my memoir, I talked about suicide attempts, failed suicide attempts. I talked about and shared being raped, having an abortion, putting my child into foster care because we went through this major issue where we had no support and it was recommended while she be tested because she was going through, I mean, they labeled it ADHD impulsivity disorder back in the nineties, which now they're saying it was PTSD from her being molested, which makes sense now, right? That yeah. she was in a PTSD, but they weren't treating her. No one was treating her. I didn't have insurance. I didn't have money. So on one fine weekend of tantrums that were lasting beyond what I could handle, I was like, if I called the crisis line, if I, if I can't get some help with this, I, I can't, I can't deal with this. And we didn't have anyone to fall back on no family, nothing. It was her and I. And the crisis lady said, I went through something similar with my son. You guys need to be separated for a while. 
I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, call the police, tell them that you're going to kill yourself and that you have a daughter. They will come get both of you. You'll go to mental health and she'll go to foster care while you get help. And they will test her and treat her and they will pay for it. Wow. And I was like, how long is she going to be gone? They said six months to a year, but you can visit her several times a week. And I was like scared, but as a mother at, you know, 28, I was like alone in the world. Okay. I'll make that decision. And I mean, that's been a hard one with lots of guilt. And I shared that whole story in the book because my daughter was one of my greatest spiritual teachers and and emotional teachers. And she taught me how to be in the world and how to walk, you know, as, as the provider, as the nurturer, but also, you know, have my spiritual walk. She taught me so much and was responsible for so much, unfortunately, because she was molested and because we had to go through that trauma. And that was my greatest, like greatest leap in my spiritual evolution was during that time period. So yeah, you know, people are, aren't you ashamed? I I don't have any more guilt left. I don't want to say any, let me correct that every now and then I have some regret, but I look at that situation and I've looked at it from so many different perspectives. How else could that have gotten gone down? I reached out for help every which way I knew before then. And there was none. No yeah. one would help me. My mother right. wouldn't help me. My father couldn't cope with it. And everyone abandoned us when she was molested because nobody could deal with the severity of what had happened. Everyone was terrified to be around her and I. So we were left door and device. And I'm like, well, there was no other way for her to get the help she needed me to get the help I needed in how to deal with her night terrors and, and her angry, dangerous temper tantrums. And they were dangerous. She was getting physical. She threw a lamp at my head that day and it missed me by like half an inch Wow! and shattered on the wall behind me after a 24 hour temper tantrum. Wow. And this was on a Friday after working a 60 hour work week, you know, I was, so I've had a couple of people say to me, you know, thanks for sharing that because I do look up to you with how you do your spiritual walk and you walk your talk and you're honest about it. Right. Yeah. Not trying to be perfect. I'm not trying to live the Instagram lifestyle. I'm saying life is messy. Right. And the road to growth usually happens in the messy middle. Well, don't they say a message is just your mess with age becomes your message, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and I love that because it, it, life is messy. I, I want to point out the, the, I said it back in the intro, but, and it'll be in the show notes and I'll say it again at the end, but Bernadette's book is called The Crooked Path to a Charmed Life. I have not gotten it yet. I will. And I know that she's offering a, a, a free something special for you with that, that we'll talk about at the end. Um, but I'm definitely going to read that because there are, you know, and I think there are a lot of similarities. And I think that there are so many people out there who really are spiritual seekers who are walking their walk and their talk and have lived many very similar lives like we've lived, very similar paths of even parts of the traumas or this or that. And it and it's not about comparing, oh, well, you had this or you had that, or I did this or I didn't have that. 
it's just the dichotomy of seeing how, to me, it feels like a lot of the people who are really kind of evolving on their spiritual path as this spiritual seeker, we have experienced some shit. We have. Right? So before, right after she was molested during the time she, she went through that. And it only happened a couple of times, but it was devastating. Um, I was in the studio recording, uh, a couple songs I had written back then. I was, I was into wanting a music career. And then when it was revealed and I had to make a decision, you know, of course it happened while I was in the music studio. So that just screwed my whole singing thing and all of those dreams, but mm-hmm. it didn't have to, because see, my mom had a choice when we were kids and she chose her, her bar singing career over raising three kids. She literally gave us to my dad. She walked wow. away. Wow. And this was back in the seventies, the late sixties, early seventies. Unheard of. Yeah. But grateful that my dad took us. So when I was faced with the choice, your daughter has a trauma, you really going to take her on tour and go on the road and pursue a, re- a, a singing career, wow. a music career? Or are you going to close that down and take care of this? So spiritual bypassing would have been, but I like how I feel when I sing. And that brings me joy, which will bring her joy rather than face her emotions and her yeah. mental condition. Yeah. Right. No, I chose the, cause I gauge everything. My mother was another one of those really blessed spiritual teachers. And I appreciate that all the lessons I learned from her, because one of my deciding factors in life is always, what would my mom do? Do the opposite. Right. Because you said she was narcissistic, right? Yeah. So when I was young, that's how I was made decisions. Like what would she do? Oh, okay. Do the opposite. And here's <laughs> yeah. the interesting thing. My mother would consider her, herself very spiritually developed, but within the church, right? She's uh-huh. she's fundamental Christian. And everyone in the church is like, she's so blessed. Okay. But when she hangs up that phone, she becomes another person, you know? So I watched all of that growing up. Yeah. I was like, what would, what would she do? Just do the opposite because the opposite is love. And that's the other thing I always ask. What would Christ do? What is love? What would love do? Yeah. Well, I asked love that would, a lot too. Yeah. Love would endure the hardships. Yeah. Love would walk through the fears and the fire and the suffering in order to resolve it, not avoid it. Yeah. Resolve it. And so many people are so afraid of confrontation um, on, on so many levels. Do you think that that's why spiritual bypassing? really started to become, you know, there were always these seekers, right? There were always these quiet people, but as we, as a global society, and especially here in the United States started to accept more, like you said, your gifts and talents weren't accepted in the Mm sixties and the seventies and the eighties. And, you know, just like you said, in the last 15, 20 years now we're, I mean, Deepak Chopra, really brought kind of meditation to the forefront, to the mainstream back in the seventies and look at how it was still poo-pooed and it was, Oh, those are those hippie people. And you must be taking drugs and stuff like that. And that wasn't really even accepted, even though he kind of started a little bit of that movement here in the U S anyway, in the seventies till what probably 
2000 something, maybe yeah. even, you know? And so as we've accepted more, there were always these, always these more quiet spiritual seekers. They were just kind of evolving on their path, right? Do you think then that as more of that was happening, that's where the spiritual bypassing then kind of started to kick in because people said, oh, well, this is the only way you can really like be spiritual then. So I, people that read a lot of the books that came out during that time and became popularized yeah. um, about law of attraction and manifesting and all these different things, they're using the, the really funky, dysfunctional value system that we still live in society and where it's profit first, right? And applied it and then didn't go any farther. Oh, if I'm happy and I feel good, I can manifest lots of money in my soulmate and my this and my that. You're still in the old paradigm, but you don't even know you're in it. So how do they see it then? So how, how do you recognize that then? Well, that's still living in the ego, right? self first, like me, 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 me. That's ego way of living. You, you have to address how does the, the me interact with the world, the outer world? How does me internally expressed outwardly interact with the plants, the animals, the environment, and my neighbor and the people I can't stand to be around. How does that work? Most people don't even want to go there. Why? Because you got to face your shadows. You got to face that part of you. That's like, I don't see God in you. I don't recognize the spark of the divine in you. You, you can give lip service to it, but even this far along on my path, and I'll be 55 next month. I still can't get there fully. There right. went, and not initially, it takes me a while to process before I can see something that really creates a reaction in me and look at it, digest it, sit with it, allow my emotions to express themselves before I can go from, I really hate that to, okay, that's God. Right. It takes a yeah. while. It takes a while. Right. And, yeah. And like you were talking about with your daughter, how she's been one of your greatest spiritual teachers. I've, I've learned to view my son that way too, because he also ADHD, right. And a, and a temporal brain dysfunction, he didn't have 24 hour tantrums uh, and things like that. And that again, just, I want you to hear as you're listening, this is, these aren't comparisons here. Mm -hmm. It's, these are things we can all be dealing with. And they can show up on just in varying different ways. And it doesn't make it better, worse, higher, lower, good, or bad. It makes it what it is in our kind of path, right? In our world and how we view things. And I just wanted to point that out because I don't want it to sound or feel like I'm comparing to Bernadette's situation and her daughter. But I also experienced my son as a great spiritual teacher because, man, I thought I was patient. I was always a super patient person. I, I thought growing up, you know, I just, I was just like, you know, I say I was just like really loving. I was just chill. I mean, my parents, I, we had great parents. They were just really kind of cool. And we did lots of stuff and we camped all the time and they were always showing us nature. And, you know, it was just like, we didn't have, yeah, we were broke and poor and all that stuff, but like we had a good family life. I had a good childhood take out the crap that I was experiencing externally uh, away from the family 
fine, awesome. Thought I was patient. Thought I was super loving. Now my son is born and he's got this ADHD and he's like a boy and he's bouncing all over the place and he's throwing tantrums like you said your daughter would throw, but not maybe quite as long. And I want to throw him against the wall. And I'd be like, where's, yeah. oh my God, I'm not patient. I'm not loving. And as he grew and I continued to work on being willing to see those pieces and evolve and look at everything and really sit with things and process, I recognized those that that teaching from him, right? And, mm-hmm. and that patience and that depth of love that's different than just, oh, he's my son and I love him kind of thing. Like, what would love do now, right? Isn't it amazing how we as human beings can have these awarenesses and these glimpses of depth of understanding and at the same time, when we hold on to that piece from a healthy place and we're not bypassing it, we can truly then allow our humanness to be an integrated part of our journey and vice versa. Absolutely. Well, looks what would spiritual bypassing look like in that situation or my situation? It would be, well, this doesn't feel good and it's triggering me. So I'm going to go send my kid to go live with my family while I go you know, to an ashram in India and meditate and do yoga and perfect myself. That's what bypassing does. And it's dangerous and it's not healthy because of those things that built our patience, that built our resilience yeah. Yeah. and built our knowing of who we are. Those are the very things that are essential in living on a messy planet it's also, I mean, you can say, well, this is your karma. This is what you came to work out. It's living from a higher place. That is what this whole spiritual journey is about. Do you think I have, oh my God, just more questions here. Do you, <laughs> do you think that, okay, so can you explain the difference then um, between you, you sent your daughter to go live in foster care versus, which is, was not spiritual bypassing right? Because this is about the health for you both and the, about the evolution for you both and the growth for you both. And uh, someone who would send their kid away or whatever, go live with grandma for a while. And I'm going to go to this ashram in India, which to me is spiritual bypassing, right? Like you said, where, how, how would the listener define or maybe be able to kind of unpack that difference for themselves so they don't start looking at it from a negative place for themselves? Yeah, good question. So, um, and I know this one because I had a friend who did that. Okay. She's no longer a friend when we were young, um, who, who literally went on to her spiritual journey and sent her kids to go live with mom and dad and came wow. back once they were old enough, you know, in high school. But she, the kids were, she abandoned them and it happened to me. Right. My mother abandoned. So that in spiritual bypassing, the only reason you're doing it, sending the kids off to go find yourself is for self. You're not taking the whole into account. You, you have a commitment and responsibility when you choose to be a parent. 
And it's walking away from your commitments and responsibilities in lieu of following it through. You know, we, we, we throw all that out the window and just go, I'm going to go seek my higher self. You have to be able to do that in real life scenarios for, you know, the good of all, not just your good. And that's the difference I see with a lot of the bypassing. It's for the good of all. Yeah. They say that's the case, but that's not, it's some ambiguous, you know, thing, the good of all, if I go meditate and I go grow myself spiritually, because, you know, I'm sending light out into the universe. How very <laughs> abstract of you. I'm sorry, but right. Oh my God. But it's so true. And like just sending you love and light, love and light. Like, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> so, <laughs> so literally like you, you've just now create, what you've done is you've created a trauma in a child or children. Yeah. You've added to the responsibility of your family. They are now picking up your load. Right. Right. And you're not having to feel anything uncomfortable. Meanwhile, you're not developing your own emotional maturity. So you can say you're being all spiritual. No, you're acting spiritual. You're not being spiritual. Yes. Human beings, not human doings. Stop acting. Be, right? Be love. Okay. So be light, be love. If we're going to use these terms, right? Be light, be love, be spiritual, be real, be honest, (laughs) be emotionally messy, be intellectually messy, be spiritually messy. Because to me, like what you're saying, then that sounds like, and this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it, to me, that sounds like then you're being spiritual. Yeah, it sounds like it. It looks like it. Cause look, and yeah, I'm going to post pictures on my Instagram. I'm in India and I'm meditating, but nobody knows the fact that right. my parents are at home raising my children and my children are in, in counseling because they were abandoned by their mother. Yeah. But you just shut down that part of it, right? I'm going to bypass even looking at what I've created over there. What am I creating within me? <laughs> no. Well, and that's why Missed it's the point. like, that's, that's why the show is called The Spiritually Expressed. It's not The Spiritually Being, right? It, it, because yes, I, I think we can be these, I can be spiritual, but at the same time, what I call and what I was picking up from you and what, and again, uh, correct me if I'm wrong in this, if if I'm bypassing even by saying this, okay, that to me, it's like, I can quote unquote, be spiritual. But what I mean by that is I'm being real. I'm being the human. I'm being the messy. I'm being the spiritual, the love, the light, the fuck, the I'm mad, the I'm hurt. I don't get it. I'm triggered. Ah, I'm apathetic, uh, whatever. And at the same time, then I can say, I truly do wish you the deepest love and I wish the best and highest for you. And I can say for myself, what is in my best and highest? Which to me isn't that, oh, I'm in this spiritual la-la land place. It's in this moment, I'm discerning that, hmm, I need this. Even if to you, it appears negative, to me, I'm saying I need this. And to me, that's in my best and highest. And I'm good with that because I know it's helping me grow. Would you say that's kind of a healthy way 
like yes. all that I just babbled about. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, to add to that, what is spirituality, true spirituality and why is it there? Right. Here's a spiritual intelligent question. Why is it there? It isn't to avoid the environment or the circumstances. It is to walk through the fire of the circumstances in a state of peace and knowing without it changing your fundamental values and the fact that you can be a loving being. It's walking through the bullshit and the mess and still maintain your peace and love. That's a true spiritual being because look at Jesus. Yes. Yes. You know, like he didn't go meditate in a cave. He didn't stand in the temples. He went out amongst the drunks and the prostitutes and the sick. And he was being chased by, you know, the soldiers and the church and everybody else. He didn't lose his cool. Right. Oh, he got it. Don't you remember? I, I, well, I, so he did it, lose it. Then. He yeah. Did, yeah. He got he expre- angry. He did express. He did express. Anger. And, and oh, that, yes, he didn't go off purpose. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. He fulfilled his mission to yes. teach unconditional love that yes. I can be unconditionally loving, even though. Yes. This is happening, even though you're whining about there being a storm and I was taking a nap. So now I got to wake up and calm the storm. Right. Yeah. Even though. Yeah. And he didn't so, abandon anyone. And no. I think that's the, the biggest thing. He didn't abandon the things he didn't like. He didn't, he didn't run away from all of the discomfort. He walked right down the center of it. Yeah. And, you know, that that was the thing. Because, because I grew up in uh, an interreligiously married family, my mother was Jewish and my father was Christian, and neither of them were very practicing, but their parents were. But they they taught us their the foundations they believed in, right? Our parents did. And let us kids choose for ourselves. They didn't, you know, try to indoctrinate us into their dogma and their belief systems and shove it down our throat. But it led to this, the the why, the spiritual seeker in me, the curiosity. And I started reading everything I could about every religion I could get my hands on at age nine on, right? And as I read all that over the course of years then, I found just the, the same tenets across all the religious kind of texts right? Unconditional love, humanity, acceptance, tolerance, forgiveness. And I'd said from the beginning when people said, oh, you don't believe in Jesus as our savior? You don't believe in Jesus? I said, look, I believe they were all teachers and prophets who walked the planet in their own ways. I believe that Jesus walked to role model to teach us exactly what you just said, the unconditional love, how to walk through the fire and still do it from a place of lovingness and humanity and compassion and allowed himself in his human formness to, to get angry, to feel afraid because he knew there was no real fear. Like, you know what I mean? So he could role model. Yes. You can crucify me because I know there's no death. And if this Mm -hmm. is how I saw it is if this is kind of what you need to do to help humanity, I am willing to do that because I know that on the other side, and I think this is where spiritual bypassing then can be so dangerous because it stops that. Right. Don't you think? I do. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what's been happening for, (laughs) for the last 20 years, as long as everyone's starting on this journey. You know, one of the, the, 
I will bring up a Bible phrase and I am not religious, but there's so much juice in the Bible that I love to bring this point home for those that have a religious or, or biblical background. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and suffering. So if I just adjust the words a little bit to bring the meaning home, work out your own salvation with your fears and the things you choose to suffer with. Yes. There it is. Oh, now it makes sense. Yes. But it didn't say run from it, avoid it. It said, work it out, work out your own salvation, save yourself from the things that you're afraid of and the things you suffer with, not go take it outside of yourself to some invisible thing or go into meditation. No, you've got to work through it. You've got, you can use meditation. I'm not saying you can't meditation is a useful tool for calming the mind and calming the body, but you still need to face those things that are going, going wonky in your life or the things that are uncomfortable until you can rectify and bring it back to center. You can't avoid it. Walk through the fire. That is what, like, even that one, that one story in the Bible about, um, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego thrown into the furnace. I don't remember that. So they were thrown, they, they got, the King got angry with them because something to do with the dream. And I'm trying to remember the whole story, but they were turned in, they were sent into the furnace. They were going to be burned. And three men went in and one of the soldiers King was like, are they dead? And one of the soldiers like, no. And they're walking around in there and there's a fourth being. So fourth, per- no, we put in three. No, there's four. And they came out un- unscathed. Three came out. And that whole story is about walking with faith, that even when you walk through the fires, you're not walking alone. You can come out of it unscathed, right? But here's the point most people miss. They walk through the fire. <laughs> they went right. into it. Right. <laughs> Try to fight their way out of it and avoid it. We do walk through the fires fire. of life. Yeah. Period. And if you're avoiding it, you are, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're not truly developing your spiritual intelligence, your emotional intelligence, or your, even your, your intellect, right? It's not one over the other. It's bring the combination. This is using all parts of your mind, not discounting one over the other. I'm all about practical spirituality. And I mean, the fact that we have to put that word in front of spirituality because of all the crazy teachings is insane to me, but it's necessary. Applied to your daily life, practical spirituality, not go hide in a cave. Yeah, I love that. I I I, I love that in that way, because to me, that feels then very human and spiritual, like it's all encompassing and whole, right? You know, I cringe when I hear like spiritualness and spirituality and I'm spiritually enlightened and I'm striving and I'm just like, uh, and if you could have all seen my face earlier on when Bernadette was saying a few different things, I'm like cringing, like, ow, like it hurts. It's like, ow, right? All right. So how then, so what exactly like do you, how do you work with people now then? Like if you had to kind of pick because you're 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 incredible at at helping people understand spiritual bypassing and that was just a topic but that is not like well right. that is not what you do i mean of course that's part of what you do but like share a little bit how this journey then continued to move you forward into 
one, creating your podcast, two, to really what you're passionate about, not just writing and being an author as the crooked path to charm life, your book, yeah. right? So because I have gifts, um, over 21 years ago, I started doing readings. I didn't know you could make money doing it. I relocated based on spirit. And they told me you're, you're going to help people give readings. And that was my giving readings was my sort of, um, education on how to use my gifts. And I have self-studied psychology and all these other things, philosophy, theology. So it's not like I didn't have an understanding of human nature, Yeah, but that morphed into, because <laughs> some of the questions people ask me are very mundane and meaningless. And it just is to soothe the ego. And I began to redirect people right? To more of the, what's going to cause growth for you. Why is this even showing up? Which then morphed into not doing just normal psychic readings the way people do, but using my gifts to get to the heart of the matter to Mm. get to, okay, you don't have recollection of this trauma, but let's piece this together because this is what spirit's showing me. Right. Yeah. And, and I usually do that in a form of a question. Did you have (laughs) these things happen? And then help them understand, okay, that's why this is so uncomfortable for you, or that's why you have this block here, or that's why you're having relationship issues or health issues. Um, So that's what I, that's how I use my gifts. And then also in the form of teaching people in a group setting, um, walking them through as their guide, how to apply spiritual principles to shift and change their lives and get to their spiritual center, develop their spiritual intelligence beyond trauma, but I love, you know, people are like, I say this, I love helping people overcome their past traumas. Yeah. No matter, no matter what level of trauma you have, or that you're experiencing it in your life, PTSD, whatever, like I love diving into it from a holistic perspective, energetically, emotionally, and then analytically, right. All of it. Let's go through all of it and then release it and reprogram, reframe. But all this mindset stuff even that's out there, it's it's mindset based on a lot of that toxic spirituality or toxic positivity, right? It isn't truly facing facing the, the traumas. Like you can heal it without re-traumatizing. There, yeah. are, there are ways to do it. And that's what I love doing. And I've seen that a bunch of times in various different like groups or things through the past years, right? Where, you know, people are like, oh, I'm this mindset, this wealth mindset coach, or I'm this emotional mindset coach or whatever. And I've toyed, like, I don't know, do I oh, use I mindset? Did. I have too. In fact, my website, I'm redoing it right now because I just went through a marketing program, changed it all. And I'm not aligning to it. So I got to change it again. I know. Cause it's like what that mindset, like, but, but it's like you said, it's kind of that false, like, okay, if I change my mindset to this, like my feeling when I, when I was a straight therapist and I worked with psychiatrists and I worked in fields where there were the medication components, one of my deep philosophies, because I played the game the way they told me I had to play the game years ago. I got the degree. I did this because I didn't know I could do it a different way back then. So I became a therapist because I'm like, well, you know, I want to I want to help people. And I, I, I have these 
I don't know, philosophies, understandings, uh, awarenesses, spiritual, whatever, whatever. You, I didn't know what to, I just right. was whatever, right? And I want to help people kind of really get to that core, like you said, but from all this different angle and place. But I had to be careful because the way I was playing the game and they told me I had to play the game, I had to play it like that. And so I always held this philosophy that you could do therapy without medication, but you could never do medication without therapy. Yes, because, absolutely. Because the philosophy was for that particular industry. But what I was really saying was what you were just saying, that yeah. we need to address these pieces. So like, as I went through different programs then, right, and I'm seeing all this mindset and, and I'm not seeing anything wrong with law of attraction or manifestation. No, it's, think, it's part of the universal laws, but it's it part. is, it's part, but you have to look at all, uh, you have to, like you said, walk through the fire. You have to look at all those pieces underneath in order to manifest. It isn't like the secret, the movie where I could mm -hmm. just sit in a chair and imagine and feel in my whole little body that the Ferrari is going to appear in my driveway. I see myself driving it and I could feel the wind in my hair but there still ain't no Ferrari the next morning. And what I loved about the secret was that it opened a doorway for people who had never even considered. So it started to crack the door for them. And that was awesome. Where it failed miserably was that it was exactly what I just said. It was like you said, this positive, this kind of toxic positivity, this toxic mindset piece that didn't allow them to work through everything and walk through the fire and address. No, it's still very selfishly focused. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. 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 And that's one of the things I think in the spiritual community is that like nobody wants to see themselves as selfish. And they explain it away. They rationalize it away. You know, you can't rationalize it away. If it's not good for all. No find another way. That's why we are on this planet in the situation that we're currently in. Yeah. Somebody didn't think about right. how is this going to affect seven generations forward? Yeah. And it feels like there's, there's a selfish time to be selfless and there's a selfless time to be selfish. Yes. There's a balance there. Too. There's a balance in all of that. Well, look, I know we could talk for hours, for hours. And hours, and, and I would love to bring you back on at another Absolutely. point, and maybe do like a little series here, here and there. Like, here's the episode with Bernadette because there is so much richness, and it's so affirming. Again, not that I personally need this validation or affirmation, but come on, this is part of my realness as a human being. This is super affirming to meet someone and have this kind of conversation where I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I, I know I wasn't the only one. And, no. and I, I know that, but to feel like, oh yeah, okay, look, there's other people, many other people, and I want to meet them all, right? Because I think this is where we make a global impact. This is where we as a collective come together and really change the world and bring the conscious level up, right? We raise the global consciousness by talking more about this and moving away from like the spiritual bypassing and all of these other pieces that lead us down unhealthy paths that really aren't raising the consciousness. I mean, would you mm -hmm. agree to that? Absolutely. I mean, one of yeah. my, one of my goals is to 
have an impact on the leaders of the world, nice. the leaders of the communities, the leaders of, of company cultures, because many of the CEOs already have intuition. They know mm-hmm. that they do, but they haven't explored it farther, or maybe they just go to church to have information like this out there for those who are very intelligent. I would consider myself fairly intelligent. I would consider you fairly intelligent, right? Like we know, and we have our bullshit meters up. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff out there actually moves people away from spirituality. So to have these conversations, I believe it, it's brings them in and goes, there is an intelligent way to walk this path. We're not all out there. Namasteing yeah. it. I mean, just we aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Namasteing it all damn day, right? <laughs> oh my God. In love and light, people. In love and light. Well, look, I I I strongly, strongly share with you all that if you struggle in any way, shape, or form with anything that has pulled you away from that deeper intuition inside yourself, that deeper knowingness within yourself, please reach out to Bernadette, right? And and inquire more about who she is and what she does. If she's resonated at all with you today, she's offering a uh, free chapter of, of her book, The Crooked Path to a Charmed Life. And you can get it at BernadetteGold.com forward slash book. And for the spelling and all of that, it'll be in the show notes, but it's how you would pronounce and spell BernadetteGold.com forward slash book. And that's also, you can reach her without the slash book for your, for part of her book, just to kind of learn more about her because um, Bernadette, you are amazing. And, And I say you're amazing because I believe that when we as a, a humanity are willing to dive in to the fire. And whether we want to or not, we do because we know it's important or we're just kind of in it and we're not going to like walk away from this form and leave the body, even if we want to. Um, Because you obviously made the choice not to. And I'm thank goodness you didn't and you're here. And I get it because I, you know that about me, I did too. And obviously made the choice to be here. And I think that there are so many of us who have experienced these kinds of traumas and these kinds of things that have allowed us to be really spiritual seekers from a place of let's let's grow and evolve and raise the consciousness together, however we do that together, that I think that's amazing. And I think that we chose to come and be born at this particular time of our evolution Mm-hmm. Because we are, again, I, I, I'm careful to say these words, right? And I'm going to be a lot more conscious about that now, too, from a spiritual bypassing place. But I think we, we chose that because we are these leaders who said, we are here on the planet to help evolve the spiritual consciousness and growth of humanity. And however we have to walk through the fire to do that, we're willing to do it. And however we have to show up to do that and express when we get there, we will. And sometimes it's going to suck. And sometimes it's going to be amazing. And you know what? You can handle it all. And so I appreciate you and I appreciate us meeting. And I'm grateful for that. If there were any 
final thoughts, words of wisdom, ideas you wanted to really share about either spiritual bypassing or just fully expressing as their spiritual seeking selfness? What would you want to offer up? Right now, um, as, as humanity evolves, is to a paradigm of service, being of service and in service to the collective, whether that collective is human, plant, or animal. And so, you know, if we can always remember, like, part of what this that we're going through, these challenges, these, these things of growth, it is to teach us service at the highest level. Yeah. And in doing so, we are unifying globally, unifying and changing the paradigm. Then that's why we go through it. I mean, that's, that was an answer I got from spirit. I was like, why, why are we going to, why, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because you, human beings need to learn to be in service and of service for a higher purpose. And that's not an airy fairy thing. That's the higher service of living in synergy, harmony, unity with all things on this planet and being good stewards. Oh my God. So true. Thank you so much for your service and for being here and sharing. And I hope that you will come back another time. And, you know, again, maybe we'll talk about some kind of a regular thing here and there, because you just have so much richness to offer and God, it's just fun talking to you too. And you're just awesome. And I adore you. Ditto. And I want to say, because you're going to be on my podcast as well, which is super cool that I get to turn the table on you and learn from you, but literally like, and I've done a lot of podcasts because I'm on a virtual tour with the book right now. You have been so refreshing. So thank you. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I kind of y'all listening. I kind of told Bernadette from the beginning, we just met. So it's not like I've known Bernadette for years and years or anything like that. And there was just a synergy. I'm like, oh my God, I want to have you on the show. And I said, here's the deal. Here's how I interview. I don't write out questions. I don't do research. Like I am super intuitive. Go with the flow. Like, because this, the whole damn show is about being real and it's about addressing all those pieces. Like in the beginning, when, you know, I teased my cheese slid off my cracker and I completely forgot where I was at. It like it, this is life, man. And this is about, and, and I would consider myself, if you really had to ask me, like, I would say I'm pretty damn spiritual, but I don't even know what that means. Like we've we kind of defined it a little and talked about it, but honestly, I really don't. And I've said this to you in multiple episodes, the spiritually expressed humanness is whatever it is for you, whatever your spiritual is, but it's coming like Bernadette said, from a place of service, from a place of service to yourself, service to the collective. It comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of honoring. It comes from a place of realness, of being willing to be vulnerable and walk through the fire. And sometimes saying, no, I don't want to walk through the fire and I don't want to be vulnerable. And you know what? I'm cool with that too. So I hope that you enjoyed today's show. Please check out BernadetteGold.com. Check her out. Go grab her. Uh, a copy of uh, a chapter in her book. I hope you can take away from today that there is so much shit out there that we could lump into this thing called spiritual bypassing. And that if you're 
stepping into a place on your evolutionary path of growth and learning for yourself, please check in with your intuitive intelligence, which is the name of uh, Bernadette's show. So go check out her podcast, please do. Uh, it's awesome. And take a look within yourself at your own kind of intuition. Take a look at your own discernment and see if this is in kind of your best and highest. And if it feels uncomfortable, guess what? It probably is. And if you feel the resistance, I guarantee you it is. So check that out with Bernadette. Look at the show notes for more information. I'll have a link to get in contact with Bernadette in every way, shape, or form. For now, thank you again, Bernadette, for being here. And I guarantee you. you all she will be back. And you all go have an amazing, beautifully, spiritually, fully expressed, badass, divine self that you are kind of weak. And I will see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to another episode of The Spiritually Expressed Human, a place where we come together to raise the collective global consciousness of the planet by navigating each of our own paths as this human being and as this spiritually divine badass we were all meant to be. We've been talking today with Bernadette Gold, and if you want more information about her or her services or her book, The Crooked Path to a Charmed Life, just go to BernadetteGold.com and explore her site where you can learn more about her. If you've liked what you've heard today, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And share, because together, as a collective, if we all begin to really navigate that human path as the spiritually divine badass we were all meant to be, can you imagine the world we'd live in? Thanks for listening.